You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. What up, Mitch? Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Richard, it's been a while since we've been yes. able to get together and talk. I'm so excited right now. It has been a while. It seems like <laughs> almost forever. You know, I wanted you to be a part of our uh, Batman v Superman discussion that we had. It was ended up being a uh, uh, GZ, Franny, Daniel, and myself. Uh, but you know, I know our schedules were very much uh, in con- or in conflict with each other. So it's uh, yes. I- I'm so glad that we get to do this now. Uh, we don't need to talk about Batman v Superman. I feel like every we- ourselves have already done that enough, and and uh, you know, I know you guys have done it on your podcast and. I think yes. everybody in the internet has definitely voiced their opinion, but I do have to say this about the movie is that okay. I don't think there's been a more decisive, divisive movie, you know, in the last maybe three years of whether or not people, because people are evil, people are either really loving it or really hating it. I don't think there's a lot of middle road with this, with this movie. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would just say really quickly to that is, uh, you know, I feel like that's going to continue to be an issue, quite frankly, because you have Batman, you have Superman. They're the two of the most icons in comic books. They're two of the characters that have been around the longest, what, like 80 years, 75 plus years, 80 years, something like that. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, there's been so many different characters, different interpretations, reinventions, whatever you want to call it, um, throughout the years that I think your idolized Batman or Superman depends on when you got into the character. And so, you know, for me, I did kind of start really falling in love with the character with Frank uh, Miller's The Dark Knight Returns graphic novel and, you know, some of the animated uh, shows that they've done of it on HBO. And, of course, you know, the the Arkham series and stuff like that. So for me, like, this was a very, very good uh, interpret, and, and I've always been a advocate for Bat Punisher, <laughs> you know, Batman that kills, so... And I know I'm in the minority there, and I understand that, and that's fine that well, people see, got upset about that. I, I totally understand that. I think this 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 is where I think you know this movie definitely goes for certain people because I mean Superman is a character that definitely a lot of people feel that they can't relate to. So I think sure. this is a Superman that those people in particular feel that they can more relate to. You know, like he's he's a very yeah. flawed Superman. He's a very uh, Superman that, that is so conflicted in himself that he doesn't know where he belongs, that that's the way that they thought they were gonna, they're going to get, they're going to reach out to an audience people. So with Batman, I can also see that, is that with with the, the way that, uh, you know, uh, movies and, and media goes, I mean, I mean, just look at MMA. There, I mean, that, who would have thought... 40 years ago you'd be watching two people beat the crap out of each other to the point where they're bleeding when you would normally just go watch a you know a boxing match well sure you know and and you know that's a that's a whole nother like i could talk for two hours probably straight about the differences of mma versus boxing and why i 
feel that one is superior to the other, and I, I won't get into that right now because it's a long conversation. <laughs> that is a very long but, conversation. Well, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not but, saying that one's superior to the other. I'm just saying that th- that's no, 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 the way no, no, we're no, going. I, I mean, we're going back I'm to the Roman times with, of with boxing, though. <laughs> Fair enough. I might have just let the cat out of the bag as to which one I was rooting for. But um, <laughs> but no, like I, I really do think the thing with, with this film in particular is it really just depends on when you fell in love with those characters as to whether or not you're going to like this. Because, you know, the, the film is good. It has its problems. They definitely tried to do way too much. If they would have just focused on the Batman versus Superman thing, it would have been great. If they would have just focused on, you know, the death of Superman storyline with Doomsday, it would have been great. Uh, What they got was a jam-packed movie that's just okay. Um, With that being said, I do personally think that Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are the strongest parts of the film as characters, especially Wonder Woman. Like, And that was the part that I was looking the least forward to. Like, I honestly thought... (laughs) she was going to be the worst out of all of them. And she ended up being uh, up there in my, in my favorite parts of it. I would say it's Batman for me, number one, uh, Wonder Woman, number two, and then uh, Superman, number three. Okay. Fair enough there. I mean, and like I said, we, we could, we, we, it's been talked to death. We could. we could talk about this for another three hours and, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't even break the surface, but uh, I'd it's like, it's kind of like the movie itself. You know, we could, <laughs> we could do a super extended edition. Well, collectors, hey, directors, as... recut edition, 30th anniversary. Hey, Mitch. And you know, it'll be like eight hours long. Well, there you go. Be... 30 years from now, we will come back. We will get everybody together. We will talk about Batman v Superman and how it epically started off the DCEU and how we're now getting great movies. <laughs> 30 years you know but uh that would as of right now the the day that i'm we were recording this they they announced that the the movie's original cut was supposed to be four hours long so four hours yeah you know there you you can expect to see that in the the director's cut grand anniversary edition or whatever you know that'll come come out in in, in after a while i Uh, hope they do I, i would watch that i mean um you know, I one of my favorite movies uh, of all times is Seven Samurai, and that's four hours long. So I got I have no problem watching a four hour movie. Uh, hey, if I'm I, engaged, I, I really could, don't have a problem watching a four hour movie either. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I think if they could work a little bit on the the structure of the editing and also perhaps the pacing. What's up, Jarvis? Um, <laughs> I think that <laughs> I think that it, it could help it quite a bit, but we'll see. I mean. That's a you know that's a lot of content that essentially got cut out. That's true. It it, it really is. So, uh, what whether or not they had more character development that would have been in those scenes, uh, we'll have to see when it when it finally comes out. But absolutely, I think it's time to move on to a new uh, you know do it. part of the the genre. Uh, we Let's just we most recently and and this is gonna this particular podcast will come out at a later date, but. Uh, Within the last week, we got uh, the trailer for Rogue One, Star a Star Wars movie, or is it a Star Wars story? I believe it is a Star Wars story. Okay. So, it, how did you feel about this trailer? Uh, well, okay. So, first off, I just want to say, uh, what 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 did it get released on ABC? Good morning, ABC, or yeah, Good Morning ABC, uh, good, America, or Good Morning whatever. Today, or something like that. Good Morning, yeah. First off, I'd just like to say, fuck you to them, uh, all right? <laughs> because the first teaser they put up, they're like, oh, we've got a teaser. Literally had, like, 
two seconds and like five frames of actual footage in it. So fuck you. Yeah, but that was a, are... a teaser for a teaser. That's the way that the, this things go. You have to have a teaser to to say, hey, watch this teaser trailer on this date when it drops. No, to me, that's worse than clickbait. That's that... toying with emotions on purpose. Oh, don't don't get me wrong. That's trolling to the max. So uh, right. I completely understand your 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 anger in that, but. Uh, the at least we knew. Better is if it would have played the Rick Roll music <laughs> instead of having any Star Wars footage, and then I would have just applauded him and be like, "Well done, <laughs> Troll of the Year award already being handed out to you." Uh, good morning, ABC. Or whatever the show was right uh, there. Okay, so now that we've gotten that anger out of us, what what did yes. you think of uh, the actual trailer? All right, Doctor Jekyll's back. Hyde's gone away for now. <laughs> okay, good. Um, <laughs> Internet hide will be back though at some point. You just can't. Trolls never go away forever. Trolls never die. That, trolls that never die. <laughs> trolls never die. Uh, a true story. Um, now it was really interesting because when I first watched it, one of the first things that immediately jumped out at me was the tonality shift in the cinematography. It's it's completely darker than I think any Star Wars we've ever seen before, which. I found very interesting right away because obviously uh, episode three should have some extremely dark content in it. And even that still had kind of the brighter, happier lighting of what you would expect from kind of the cartoonish look of the previous Star Wars film. So the fact that Disney kind of allowed them to take this path off the, you know, side road type situation and you know create a different visual styling for it i thought was particularly interesting and i didn't know how i felt about it at first but the more i watched it i think i've watched it probably like 162 times now (laughs) Um, i've just literally left it on a monitor in my house on loop for the past you know week or whatever it's been out now but um you know, the more and more that I, I watch it and the more and more that I think about it, uh, the more and more that I'm super, super excited for it. And uh, the cinematographer, well, first off, it's being directed by Garth Edwards, which uh, a lot of people probably are not going to know who he is. But he directed a small independent movie, which he did most of the visual effects for himself called Monsters. And that was a freaking awesome movie. Which is the reason why they got him to do Godzilla as well, isn't it? I believe so. Uh, I know he directed Godzilla. I don't know, you know exactly the full uh, communication or process or however it transpired, but I would imagine that. Yes, I would assume, yeah, when they made of, monsters, he was like, they were like, oh, this guy obviously gets the idea, so let's let's get him to make uh, the Godzilla movie, Godzilla remake. Right. Um, right. The voiceover in that. Let me give me, give me get this out there first is that i when sure. they made the they made the announcement that this movie was being made i was totally more excited for this than i was for force awakens and after watching force oh, yeah. awakens i mean I, i'm never i was never i'm never a big star wars fan i'll, I'll, I'll get that out now and uh force yeah i know force awakens for me was way too much nostalgia in it. I enjoyed the movie just because it was it was a movie and you know it looked great. But uh, story wise, I was I was still left wanting. So I'm I'm really excited about this one coming out. And throughout this whole trailer, uh, you have the voiceover talking about you know uh, what you're gonna do eventually. What you know what side you're gonna be on. And it ends with you know her the the main character wearing a. Uh, Imperial mm-hmm. armor suit, sure. Pilot suit, 
it's like a Tie Fighter pilot. Do basically, you f- do you feel that that's because I I think the the trailer obviously is uh, trying to get you to think about uh, whether or not she's on whose side she's on, but I really feel like it's sure. kind of more of Luke and and Han get going into uh, uh, the the ship to get Leia, you know, in in stormtrooper outfits. Yeah, I when I saw that scene, I'm just uh, you know I'm like yeah, I don't really think that she's gonna become you know part of the empire. I'm sure that's absolutely what they want you to believe, but I'm not buying that. Um, <laughs> I, I and it could be what happens. I don't know. I just personally, I, I feel like if that was such a big shocking twist that they were trying to put in the movie as to whether or not she was, or she wasn't going to be then in my mind, you wouldn't just go and show that in your very first trailer. So to me, that's very much, yeah, a situation of, of cloak and dagger. It's very much the, the smuggler doing whatever they have to do to get in and get what they're after, you know, and that's essentially kind of what she is. She's, she's dressed very much in a similar outfit as to what Han Solo and smugglers have, you know, aptly been given as a uniform in the star Wars universe. And so it's not surprising to me at all that she would wear this disguise to infiltrate one of the most heavy militarized situ- you know, spaces in, in, you know, the universe to try and obtain these documents on the death star. So, so I, I really don't buy that. I don't buy that. She's, going to turn evil at all but that's just and now we have uh joined with us another person who decided to sneak his way into the podcast we got chris jeetzy here with us we're talking star wars rogue one a star wars story i know that's why i'm here (laughs) is that why you manifest you uh... (laughs) fucking heard you talking about star wars i felt the disturbance in the force and so i'm here now (laughs) is that okay with you richard I I'm just gonna say yes because you cut out and I didn't hear anything you said, but I'm sure it was amazing. <laughs> I'm sure it was the best thing that's ever been said on a recorded uh, listening experience. So yes, I'm truer just say yes. words were never spoken. <laughs> You're giving him way too much credit. <laughs> no, well, I, I I don't know who said it. So <laughs> seems about right. Maybe a little on the I guess I'll just the low side. Great, don't get cocky, kid. Don't I mean, I don't, I don't. Yes, brought it around. Okay, so this is part of the anthology set of Star Wars movies that's going to be coming out between uh, uh, episode seven, episode eight, and episode nine. Right? Yes. So. With we know that the next one is going to be the Han Solo standalone movie, and the rumors are that the one after that will either be a Yoda standalone movie or a uh, Obi Wan standalone movie. With the fact that those other two are probably going to be uh, some character based solo films, why is it that they decided to go with this heist of the Death Star plans as their first anthology film? Because it's amazing. Who doesn't like a heist? Okay, then fair enough. Everybody likes like but of, the linchpin of the whole epic. That's where I'm going for. Why is this the important? Why is this the important story that needs to be told in the Star Wars universe? Between episode three and episode four, there's tons of story that happen. True. Why? Why not focus on any one of those? Be well because they have already had those. We've had the Clone Wars, and mm. those lead up to between episode three and episode four and now we have star wars rebels as well which also is 
fucking badass. Everybody <laughs> should be watching that if they're not. Richard? Did we lose you, Richard? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely agree with, with what Chris is saying. I think, you know, it's... I think the Death Star is something that everyone instantly identifies with Star Wars. It's it's a huge, huge part of Star Wars. And so I think when you're going to try to break off from the main path of the story, which involves, you know, kind of this opera family drama, you know, throughout the universe with the Skywalker family, I think, you know, you do kind of have a little bit of a situation where you're like, okay, well, how do we play this a little bit safe? and make it still instantly recognizable as Star Wars, but also make it to where we can do something that we really kind of haven't done before. And, you know, when I sit down and I think about it, I think the Death Star is one of those situations as to there's been a huge amount of debate over it about the years of, you know, you build this gigantic weapon, but then you build this this exhaust port that you can shoot a missile down. So, like, maybe we'll get an answer as to why the architects were dumb enough to do that. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that they can really explore, but also give it an instantly identifiable connection to the timeline of where it falls into the Star Wars world, which I think is huge. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't really follow this all that well, but that love going to see the Star Wars films. And, and, you know, I think I've already seen it. I've seen a couple people that have said, you know, well, where's Ray? And and I thought they were going to have Kylo Ren in this. And it's like, well... That's episode eight. This is this is not episode eight. So, you know, they do. I think they do need to do it as a, as a way to start getting people familiar with the fact that they're going to be doing other Star Wars movies that aren't strictly just kind of in this Skywalker timeline. You know what I mean? Or not timeline, but that follow the Skywalkers primarily, because that's that's pretty much what all of them have been so far. Yeah, yeah, but but this is still going to be this. I mean, obviously, the Star Wars movies are about the Skywalker lineage because it it just is. But you know, you're gonna you, they're still going to have a, they're they're talking about casting a new Vader for this movie. Uh, obviously, by the end of this movie, they're going to have the the Bothans are going to have to meet up with Leia at some point to give her the the uh, the plan. So it's all it's all still Skywalker involved. Why not? Uh, why not pick a different character to um, to do an anthology story for? Like like your one of your favorite characters of uh, Boba Fett. Yeah, I mean, I think that at some point, you know, they might, might do a Boba Fett film. But I mean, I also can understand that them wanting to establish new characters that really haven't been explored at all, and I'm I'm fine with that. You know, I think that we've we've had a good amount of of skywalker story we've had a good amount of of boba fett i love boba fett but i think if you're going to produce movies uh, especially star wars movies from now until the end of time <laughs> you do have to do things that are are going to keep it uh fresh and you know sure we can keep playing up the nostalgia factor over and over again but at some point people are going to get tired of that they're going to get a little bit burnt out on that so I, I i personally think that going off with rogue one and exploring all these new characters and you know i think the greatest thing that i think they could have done was had zero jedis in the trailer you know the first trailer like that was so awesome 
you know, we're like, okay, cool. We're going to actually get to see some, some combat that isn't just the stormtroopers shooting and missing, you know, it's, it's not going to just be 100% this GI Joe battle. Like we're actually going to now probably get some people actually getting shot um, and hit by stormtroopers, people actually blowing up stormtroopers and stuff like that. So I think, I think, from a standpoint of just keeping the blood flowing and, and revitalizing the franchise and taking it in a different path that really hasn't been explored, I think it's smart. Do you think by the end of this movie, uh, they'll have, they'll have a, a, another, another actress, they'll cast an actress to play uh, young Carrie Fisher or, uh, you know, Princess Leia? Mm-hmm. You think so? Are you, I'm sorry, you cut out. Are you are you asking if I think I'll have Carrie Fisher in this? I'm asking, do you like think... as a young or a young Leia? Sorry. Yeah, are they going to have a young Leia? Uh, basically, the Leia that we see in, in Episode Four, will we see a, a new actress playing her, or will we see like uh, what they did in Tron with Jeff Bridges' character and how they mapped her his face over that one to make him look young, make him look younger? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Personally, I hope she's not in the movie at all. Uh, the character, I mean. I, I really hope that she's not in the movie at all. I, I know there was some talk about uh, Han Solo making a cameo, which I think to a certain extent could make sense considering they want to do a Han Solo standalone film. But honestly, I kind of hope he doesn't show up in the movie either. I Personally, at this point, I would love to just see a movie with essentially all new characters um, or you know characters that have been very minorly featured in past films, you know, like I'm, I'm totally on board with this. Like, I think that that's the right way to go with this. Like, I mean, we've got seven films that have, you know, a lot of these characters in them. And so for me, like, I really hope that the, the focus is to stay on these new characters and really explore them and see where their story goes versus, okay, well, we're doing Rogue One, it's a Star Wars story, but now all of a sudden, hey, we're kind of actually adding in all this stuff that you've already, you know, come to see and expect in all these other Star Wars movies. If she has a cameo, it's fine. And, and you know, I think if they could do the technology from Tron with Carrie Fisher and it looks okay, I'm fine with that. If they want to cast someone new, uh, I'm fine with that too because, I mean, they've already uh, potentially casted a new Han Solo so why not? You know, if that's the path you're going to take, you might as well just get the, you know, new blood in there and, and start going from there. Fair enough. I think that's, uh, that's what I mean. That's where I was. I, I think, I don't think she's going to be a pivotal point in the movie. I would, I would just assume that it will be the last scene in the movie where they're handing the, the plans off to her and then she's getting on her ship. And then eventually you'll get episode four where her ship's getting tractor beamed in or whatever, you know, and, uh, sure. And, and nice. she has to, send the escape pod with the two droids in it and oh don't worry there's no life forms in that droid or in that that escape pod <laughs> yeah i mean that's possible it, it might even end before that i mean we all know that story you know what i mean like you can insinuate that that's where it's going without directly true but i think i think this goes back to the what you said earlier about uh people not understanding where this falls in the in the line so that that would be a great way of doing it to have it lead and then maybe even overlap just a a smidge into the into episode four yeah, and, I, and I'm I'm sure you're probably right. I mean, I'm sure that they probably will do that. I'm just personally, I don't need that. But again, yes, I, I agree with you and, and what I said earlier. I definitely have seen people that have kind of that issue with, with the timeline. So, yeah, I could see that happening. 
So, Chris, we saw in the trailer, we saw uh, Felicity Jones, who's playing the main character. We right. saw uh, we saw uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. We see uh, Donnie Yen, you know, oh, yeah. doing some pretty cool cool stuff. We didn't see, uh, or you see D- Diego, Diego Luna, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't see is, uh, is Alan Tudyk. What do you think about that? Well, he's supposed to be playing a, a CGI character. Really? Um, yeah, and the rumor is that he's playing like a repurpose or like reprogrammed imperial droid. And in certain scenes, there's this like big ass droid following around um, Felicity, mm-hmm. Jones. Felicity Jones. So, so you, you that very well might be Alan Tudyk. I, I like that. I mean, he's the kind of character, the kind of character actor that would do a voice, you know, and, and, yeah. and be really good at it. So. Uh, that, that's cool. I would, I mean, being a Firefly fan, Firefly fan, mm-hmm. I would I would really love to see him as some type of pilot. But you know, that might be. Uh... Who says a droid can't be a pilot? <laughs> Fair enough. That's that's it's pretty good. Uh, good, 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 great, great. You know, good stereotypical what? placement of droids. <laughs> <laughs> What do you what do you got against droids? Okay, <laughs> look, I don't allow them in my establishment. I don't think that they they should be. Uh, we don't you know, serve their kind here. <laughs> exactly. They they don't need. They don't belong in in society. So damn, that guy from Moss Eisley. Yeah, <laughs> hard line. Droids will have to wait outside cool. because they're second class citizens and they can't fly starships. <laughs> See, this is why I need an IG eighty eight movie. <laughs> That would actually be pretty cool, you right? Know, you know what I heard over the weekend and I thought would be a really great movie is uh, the you get Boba Fett together with all the other bounty hunters and you do like a Magnificent Seven version, oh but like God, with all the yes. bounty hunters, that would be pretty fucking awesome. But then IG like would... takes over everything because yes. he's fucking <laughs> awesome. Uh, they can do that or just make like a new Yojimbo movie, but with Boba Fett instead. I but, mean, Star Wars is already taking ooh. a lot of stuff from Kurosawa anyhow, so let's just make it happen. There you go. I, you know, I, I could I could see Yojimbo with uh, Boba Fett in the, as a center. That'd be awesome. See, that I need an sweet. IG-88 movie, and then I also need a young uh, Obi-Wan movie. Like, <laughs> him in the temple, like, being a fucking hothead. So before Punk that's one. like about to be exiled from the Jedi <laughs> Order because nobody wants him to be their Padawan. Fair enough. That would be pretty awesome. All right, uh, that's coming out December. You know, I think we're all pretty excited for it. So there's yes. there's that. Let's talk about what's coming out in November. Well, oh, wait, 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 oh, real wait. quick. Sorry. I got okay. So Marvel is owned by Disney, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Star Wars and we is also want an by old Disney. man Logan. Why not just make an old man Ben? Ooh, just keep the story like the Hulk still in there, but instead of yes. Wolverine, we just replace Wolverine with with Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> oh my god, I love there. this idea. When did, when does this take place in the Star Wars universe? Don't, it doesn't matter. Don't even <laughs> worry about it. Oh, okay. Fucking call it Disney want. Infinity for all you. For all I give a shit, like, (laughs) just throw it all together. I mean, he's been struck and down. He's more powerful than we could have imagined. Hell yeah. (laughs) He can travel through different universes. He he now has lightsaber claws. Oh, (laughs) yes. 
yeah, for, yeah. You know what? Get get right on it. Adapt the the old man Logan with the old man Ben in it, and I am right there with you. Sweet. There you <laughs> see. There you go. Also, the robot that Chris is talking about happens at a minute twelve in the trailer. Just in case anybody wanted, to I see will it. have to go back and check that out. So. Oh, I, I was all excited. I was like, "How'd I miss IG eighty <laughs> eight? No, not different that, robot. Different one. Ah, yes, the, the one not, that not, Alan Tudyk's probably playing. <laughs> yes. Not robot bounty hunter. Sorry. Well, maybe he is. He maybe be. he is. Who knows? He could be. So talking about because, Marvel, we're... because robots can do anything they want, Mitch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, I got it. I got your droid propaganda, okay? <laughs> Keep it to yourself. I've read Robopocalypse. Those fuckers take over the world for real. <laughs> so you're trying to get on their good side now? <laughs> yes. All right, look. Absolutely. Like I've been trying to get to, we're talking about uh, Disney and Marvel, so let's talk about Marvel. In November of this year, okay. we are getting Doctor Strange. Ah, oh, man, I had one more thing for Star Wars. Damn though. it, let's go back to Star Wars. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> have you heard the... Actually, I have something I'd like to add about Batman vs. Superman. No, no we're not going back to Batman vs. <laughs> Superman. I'm just Superman. kidding. I'm totally kidding. Have you heard that uh, they very well might have somebody already in mind for Han? The, the dude that played Hobie... Hobie... Whatever. Hobie Doyle. Hobie yes. Doyle and Hail Caesar, which I finally got to watch, and yes. he is the best thing about that I movie. I told you he's the best part of the movie. <laughs> he really is. He really is. He's so amazing. Him and goddamn... Uh, what's his name? Brolin? The, yeah, Josh Brolin. Yeah, Joel, I, I actually did like enjoy Josh Brolin They're like the only enjoyable parts of that movie. <laughs> Didn't realize Wait, that he was playing Bowen a character. That... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't realize kidding. that he's playing a character, uh, a character, uh, basically a characterization of a person that actually existed in ho- in old Hollywood. Oh shit! So that's uh, yeah. that was pretty cool. But uh, what were Fair you going to get at with uh, Hobie know. Doyle just... or Alden Enderich? Is what his name is. Yes. Yeah. It's, it sounds like he's. Uh, the reports are saying that he's most likely going to be playing young Han Solo. Which, of all the people that have been suggested, I am probably most happy with that that, yeah. that character out of everybody that's been thrown around he's the best suggestion so far yeah exactly i've never seen beautiful creatures which apparently he was in i unfortunately did see that and i don't remember him being in it but <laughs> i'm guessing I really he was don't the remember male it. love interest probably who knows <laughs> it was fucking terrible that's all i remember of the movie is that, that it was terrible? fucking terrible <laughs> well yeah that's what I, I i enjoyed i thought he was yeah the best part of uh, the whole his scene with Ray Fiennes on yeah. "Merrily We Dance" right it was just so hilarious. And then when they finally show the take that they took, yeah, in the editing room with it's complicated. I was just like, this is the best. It's true, <laughs> so true. Uh, all right, uh, now can I get on to Doctor Strange? Is, I don't know. Are either one of you okay with this? Yes. Okay, good. I'm so excited. Look, the trailer just came out for Doctor <laughs> oh Strange. God. I don't think any... I mean, I don't think there's been any one of the other versions of the story, even or of the Marvel characters, that has stuck more <laughs> to it than, than anything. Like, I know Iron Man and Captain America and on the Hulk movies, they're all pretty accurate to right. the, the, the comic versions but just that trailer alone is just like wow yeah all the they all hit, the points all the points car accident <laughs> ruined hands doctor doctor no more <laughs> traveling Asia. To, yeah traveling to mystical mysticism <laughs> doctor motherfucking strange 
Could you imagine getting hit so hard that you're forced into astral projection? Happens all the time. <laughs> your soul is just pushed out of your body oh, yeah. to the point where you're looking down at yourself being like, what the fuck? Yeah, you poop a little the first couple <laughs> times. Uh, I, I assume, Richard, that you haven't read a lot of Doctor Strange comic books. What did you think of this trailer? Well, that would, first off, be a very excellent assumption. Okay. Uh, because it'd be 100% accurate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't get me wrong. I think uh, I've read maybe three Doctor Strange comic books in my life. <laughs> I can't really even think of anything that I would think that Richard would have read that would have Doctor Strange, Strange in it. it. <laughs> Except maybe yeah. if he read uh, 1609 or... Whatever that was. Yeah. That, then, 1692? No, 1609. 1609? Yep. No. I mean, the last thing I saw that had Doctor Strange in it was a Stanley Kubrick film. Ah. Um, that's Doctor Strange Love. No, I know, but uh, that's, <laughs> close that's what I mean. It's basically the same. It has Doctor Strange in it. it literally, not, in the title. It's not Stephen Strange in it. Um or anything to do with Marvel, except for kind of Nazi Hydra. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I, I really, like you said, I'm not familiar with this character at all or his backstory. I, I think about the only thing I do know is he has, like, silver hair streaks and he does magic. <laughs> um, You're on the right track. Which, yeah, that's about He's where my wrong. knowledge He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's about where my knowledge begins and ends simultaneously for Doctor Strange. With that being said, I think the trailer looks absolutely fantastic. Um, the cinematography is done by a guy named Ben Davis, which for those of you that don't maybe follow cinematographers like I do, because I'm weird, uh, he was the cinematographer for Avengers Age of Ultron, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Kick-Ass. I mean, he's done... A lot of movies and he has a really really great visual storytelling ability um the director scott derrickson i haven't seen a whole lot of his work but the thing that i find interesting about it is a lot of his work is horror films right and i think that's so, i think when they first announced that he was going to be directing this movie i thought that's what this one this ver this movie in the marvel cinematic universe is going to be this is going to be their horror movie version you know we have Ant-Man is their heist movie. Uh, Captain America is their mm -hmm. is their spy movie. You know, this is going to be their horror movie, and I'm excited about that. I mean, to see the things that are going to be existing in other dimensions uh, as this mystic warrior goes about having to defend our realm from, uh, you know, demons from others, and, and it's just going to be pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably one of the things that, you know, excites me the most is that just the fact that they have the two of these people on board to, to bring this project to life is really fascinating. Uh, especially that, you know, like you're saying, like if this is kind of their take on horror, it's going to be really cool to see what they do with that. Because I don't think anybody, you know, at this point really has this, unless you watch like the, the Netflix shows that Marvel and, and Netflix do, dark gritty things are not typically tied with the marvel cinematic universe so i think it's going to be really cool to see what they do with this like if they kind of ends up being this middle hybrid between the graphic nature of daredevil season two and the playful upbeat nature of like 
Captain America and you know stuff like that. I wouldn't give. I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I, I don't think I, I'd say Captain America is playful and upbeat, but uh, I definitely don't think that this movie is going to be as like I, the way I kind of see it is more like uh, uh, it's Peter. Not, uh, like the, no, Guillermo del Toro's like Pan, Pan's Labyrinth, but definitely not that dark and that that horrific Thank it's gonna goodness. be it's gonna be uh, a kind of magical and mystical like that but obviously marvel has created this world where even in age of ultron this is that's a very uh dark theme you know yeah. of what could happen to our world and it's it's very colorful and upbeat so I, I get what you're saying and i think that we're definitely gonna get more of that in doctor strange which i'm not upset about i i i have enjoyed just about every uh, Marvel movie so far, and I want to know because of the nature of this film being the mystic side of the Marvel, will it tie into uh, Iron Fist since he is also the mystic side of Marvel, and that's what you what, like you were talking about is the Netflix shows, Richard. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and I'm and I'm definitely looking forward to that too. Like uh, we've, I mean, there's been rumors about you know Iron Fist movie. God, probably 15 years ago with Keanu Reeves, um, you know, and so this is that's something I've been waiting on for a while. But yeah, and I don't know if we're going to see that because so far, at least it seems like other than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they're keeping the Netflix, uh, you know. Yeah, they're keeping their TV side away from their movie side for the most part. Yeah. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. They're not it's not going to be. the, like Daredevil, even even Charlie Cox came out last week and said, "Don't expect uh, there to be any uh, crossover between the Avengers and the Defenders anytime soon, uh, anytime in the near future." But I'm just saying, with the nature of Doctor Strange and and Iron Fist, I can definitely see the two of them, uh, not not so much crossing over, but like maybe bad guys that that are exist in the same unit or the, the that are talked about and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's certainly a possibility and I think, you know, it's it's it could even be a situation of of testing the waters, you know, it's, since they're both kind of mystics and, you know, mystics are typically not by non-comic book people, I should say, are not typically attached or associated with with superpowers, you know what I mean? You're right, yeah. So it, it it could very well be a way for them to test the water. They'll put Doctor Strange Love out and on a very large scale and see how it does. And if it does very well, which I don't see why it wouldn't at this point, I mean, between uh, Tilda Swinton and, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch and Rachel McAdams, Chuyatel, Ejiofor, I mean, like, the cast they have assembled for this is absolutely incredible and then you know between you know the editors and the director and the cinematographer and everything like that like they they have really established a very very strong team for this film so i can't imagine that it's going to do poorly so i think that yeah i think this is just a precursor to warm people up to the idea that these mystics do in fact exist within the marvel world within the marvel universe both through cinematic and through the the streaming universe if you will uh I, th- I like that you brought up Tilda Swinton. What I mean, the what mere seconds that you see her in this trailer, incredible. Like the fact mm-hmm. that they were they able to keep the fact that her, I, I don't know if she actually shaved her head or not. I doubt it, but she uh, is wearing a bald cap and she's bald in it is uh, pretty awesome. Like she just looks badass in this trailer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, she is badass. She's, she's a fantastic actor. That's true. She and is a very so... fantastic actor. 
Yeah, so I mean, pairing her up with you know Benedict Cumberbatch, who is also just—I uh, mean, like, good God, that guy is a powerhouse of of ridiculous, amazing shit, really. Um, <laughs> and not—I don't say shit in like a derogatory way. I mean, like, like quite frankly, like this guy is just incredible with what he what he does. Like, I, I was watching a clip of him the other day where they were showing his like motion capture session from when he played the dragon in The Hobbit, right? And yeah. like. First off, acting is very hard for anybody who says it isn't. They're full of bullshit because it is. It's insanely hard to put yourself mentally in these situations on the drop of a dime. And then to like not only do that, but to play off of other people in a fake environment is is also very challenging. But to have none of that, to literally just be sitting there by yourself in this room, laying on the floor in this ridiculous motion capture suit with a camera less than you know, five inches away from your face (laughs) and to still be able to just get so into it that you look like a psychopathic worm from outer space. that's here to kill everybody. (laughs) That is amazing. That's so amazing. He's a dedicated actor. So yeah, I I get what you're saying. The, the both of them are like, they're both just incredible actors that are, are willing to do whatever it takes to give these performances. So I, I think I might be so far the most excited for this out of out of almost everything we're getting. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, super excited for Civil War because I loved that story arc in the comics. Uh, but I don't know, man. This looks like it could be so, and I think it could help that I don't know that much because you know I'm not going to really have any preconceived expectations of what these characters should be. So that might actually even help me more. Oh yeah, I, I definitely think that's. That only plays to the benefit. It's just like, I how well Guardians of the Galaxy played out for me. Like, I don't, I didn't know those characters from the comic books at all. So when I saw that movie, I just all I had was to go off of the story that they built in that movie, and it was, it was fun. It was awesome, you know, and it's a great soundtrack. So, uh, oh, absolutely. Listening, listening to what they're talking about for uh, uh, filming of, you know, they're starting. Where I think they're right in the middle of filming of Guardians of the Galaxy two right yes. now mm-hmm. so that you know there's that there's uh they just re- finished up wrapping wonder woman they just started justice league they uh are gonna start uh wolverine 3 here pretty soon you know yep. we <laughs> it's just it's crazy how many different uh movies we have going coming and then uh you know on the horizon oh absolutely and I think by Wolverine 3, I think you actually mean Old Man Ben, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, in the Marvel Studio world, yes, I would love to see uh, Marvel Studio Disney Star Wars world. I'd love to see Old Man Ben. and and uh, But what I'm talking about is Wolverine 3 because that's the one that's actually yeah. happening. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. <laughs> oh, just you wait. I'll make Old Man Ben happen. <laughs> Uh, so great! I, I mean, I love the love the fact that you, we're all all three on board for this Doctor Strange movie because I just think it's probably the most excited I've been. I mean, like you said, I'm excited about seeing Civil War as well, but I think I'm yeah. most excited because of this trailer and it just looks amazing. Uh, Absolutely. Did you happen to? Ca- I know I didn't talk about you talk about this one earlier, but did you happen to catch the newest trailer for Suicide Squad? Oh yeah, the one that says yeah. like August fifth, like. A shitload of times in it, or at least it seems like it says it over and over and over again. I right. think it actually is only twice, but I swear I saw it like fifteen times when I saw it. Uh, I, I mean, please watch our movie. Yes, it's funny. Yeah, um, I think desperation's a stinky cologne. You know what's funny though is that I think this is the third trailer for the movie, and, and 
And me personally, I've actually excited about seeing this movie again because of the third trailer. The first trailer was like made me interested. The second trailer, I totally did not want to watch this movie after watching it. And now this trailer is kind of like, oh, uh, I kind of am interested again. I, I like the idea of this movie again. Fair and uh, I think it had to do with the fact that we didn't focus so much on Harley Quinn this time. This time, the the though Queen is an amazing band, Bohemian Rhapsody just did not fit for that trailer. And yeah, the fact that they got Ballroom Blitz in for this one, I was just like, oh. That was a good choice. <laughs> it was a definitely good choice. It was so. a much better choice. <laughs> uh, what did you, I mean, did, is that all you felt about the trailer? Is it that they kept hitting you over the head with uh, August 5th? Well, I mean, okay, I'm probably in the in the minority here, but I I don't know. I was not when they first announced this. I was like, oh sweet, like that's really cool because I got into the Suicide Squad around the time that New Fifty Two happened because that's that's one of that that's been one of my biggest problems with comics for me is that I always feel like okay, I'll, I'll relate it to video games for, for maybe that'll make more sense, but. So, like, when an MMO comes out, if you don't get in on the ground floor and then you try to jump into it, like, a year after it happens, you're so far behind at that point that it's it's almost always not even worth playing. Um, and that's True. kind of the attitude, no matter how right or wrong that is to people, that's kind of the attitude I've had about a lot of, of, of comics for a long time is because you look at it and you know they're on like episode or not episode but like issue like 850 or something you're just like oh my god i gotta go back and read 749 <laughs> previous issues i don't have time for that so it, it just kind of like intimidates you and overwhelms you so i started reading some of the suicide uh, squad comics around the time that new 52 happened because i was like oh well here we go they've wiped the slate clean i can just start reading these stories you know, I'll probably still miss a few inside jokes of previous canon and stuff like that that happens. But for the most part, I'll be able to go along on these journeys and, and be okay with it. Uh, so when I first heard they were doing this, I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is something I can get behind. Like, it's a cool concept. And then I saw the first trailer. And I was like, this doesn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> And it was so weird to me because everybody was just like going around like, oh, my God, Suicide Squad. So amazing. I'm like, is it, though? Like, is it? Well, see, I think that's <laughs> like, what happens, has to do with that is that modern, just like how uh, modern day pop culture is obsessed with Deadpool on the on the DC side, modern day pop culture is obsessed with Harley Quinn. Like, it's one of their best-selling books right now at DC that's so much that they sure. have spinoffs. So yeah. the fact that Harley Quinn is in the, in this movie and, you know, there's uh, promises of, of seeing another Joker and all that, you know, it, it I, I can see where average audience members are, are going crazy about it. Uh, to me, I know the reason why you like I, – I, the reason I figure you like uh, – uh, the 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 idea of the Suicide Squad in the comic book so much is because you love antiheroes like that I do. is that is your wheelhouse right there and and it uh, totally is to True. me I I love book I love the comic books where you take a, a criminal or a villain and they have to they have to do good or they decide to do good or they are trying to rehabilitate so that's what I always loved about the Suicide Squad. Uh, Chris, I think you just like villains in general. I, I do. Okay. I, a lot of the time, they're a lot more interesting. They have more character depth and characteristics right. and stuff. I, yeah, I, I get that. Whereas I can relate to them more. <laughs> usually, heroes usually have you know have to do the good thing, so thus they yeah. they're, they're one one or two dimensional. Uh, but 
I, I, I see where you're coming at with the with the the Suicide Squad. That first trailer obviously wasn't even supposed to be the first trailer. It was the leaked footage from Comic Con that a lot and DC was very much uh, soured the whole thing up for everybody, saying, "Look, we didn't even want to show you this stuff, so here you can just take it." You know, <laughs> so it was like, "Well, fuck you too." You know, we don't want to watch your stupid shit. Then, real. if you don't, if you don't like us, we don't like you. But uh, I, I really think that this last trailer for me, you know, really amped it up to being like, "This is the type of movie that this is going to be." And if it if it doesn't end up being that, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I watched the last trailer, and I'm a little bit more sold on it, but I, I don't know. I think the big things for me is is I don't I don't know. It just doesn't look that good to me. Unfortunately, I hate to say it. I think honestly, I think the best part of the movie is going to be Margot Robbie. She is an actress that has uh, really started to prove herself as a as a really tremendous, uh, talented and skilled actress over the last few years for me. You know, I mean, she's played a pretty wide spectrum of, of characters. And so, you know, I think that she's going to probably be the best part of this, which is obviously why, you know, they put her in the role and they casted her for a character that seems to be another uh, up and coming cash cow for DC. So, I mean, I can understand all that, but. I don't know. The rest of it, I'm just like, meh. Especially, and a lot of people are probably, I mean, I'm sure there's people that agree with me, but it seems like more and more every every day, people are getting more and more on board with Jared Leto as, as the Joker, which I'm fine with him as the Joker. I'm just not fine with him as this Joker. I think this Joker just looks stupid. Oh, like, I, I'm, I I'm right there with you with that. Like, I'm okay with Jared Leto being the, being the Joker. I, I really am. I think that, you know, obviously... He, Dallas Buyers Club. He the 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 guy can act. Oh yeah, you, know, you give him. I'll give him that. But yeah, this version of the Joker that they're trying to do with the mm-hmm. with the metal teeth and the tattoos on his face and uh, it, it just to me it just screams way too much of uh, uh, we're we're going for an image that is so counterculture that it it, it it's almost like we need to sell this shirt at, at the hot topic. You know, it's just yeah. uh, it, it hurts yeah. me. Uh, one thing I, I have to I have to go against, and I know I didn't want to spend too much on this topic, but Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. I, I, you're you're singing her praises, and I think she's a fine enough actress. I really don't think she's that great. I think that she's hot right now because she's hot, and she's getting a lot of roles because uh, because of that. And it's it's kind of me to me. It's just a, another Megan Fox. Like I think eventually they're going to be like oh. We're 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 done with her. Like, even though Megan Fox is coming back in the in the ter- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies, I I just don't I don't see it with Mar- Margot Robbie. I, I I really don't like. I watched Z for Zachariah. I thought she was. I think she nothing. did a good job in Focus. Even Focus, I I think, and I love that movie. I think Focus is an amazing movie. Right. I don't think it, she does anything spectacular. Like Wolf of Wall Street, she you know she was just the hot body, you know, it's, it's, mm. and that's what got, that got her out in the, in the spotlight. Well, I think, I think this movie is going to change your mind for sure. Because, I hope it does. You know, I watched her and uh, the last thing I saw her in was whiskey tango Foxtrot. And, you know, she, she does a really great job in that. And I can understand what you're saying. I can, I can kind of see where you're coming from, but I, I don't think she's going to go away. I think she's very much someone who, is going to become a cornerstone in the A-listers of of Hollywood, and and I think that that's going to happen, especially after this movie. 
I think she's already on the path to do that, but I really think what she does with Harley Quinn, because Harley Quinn is a very difficult character to play. Yeah, but I can, already t- would see I can already tell you that from the trailers, I don't feel that they're playing her right at all. <laughs> well, I I think for what they've done with the movie, I think they are. From a translation from the comic book to the film world, perhaps not. But they've already established that they don't care about that with the way they're portraying the Joker in this. So <laughs> I mean, the way that they're portraying all of the DC the characters. Whole DCU. Well, that <laughs> yeah, that too. So, I mean, yeah, I, I can't really Except fault her for that because that's not her call. But I definitely think that this is a hugely different character and a different acting experience than, you know, what she's done in... Um, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, what she's done in The Wolf of Wall Street, Z for Zachariah. You know, I I think that we're going to see something pretty awesome from her. And and I think that's because the character is is so crazy in, in a sense that, you know, it's going to really open up the door. Because it's the same thing, like, kind of with Heath Ledger as the Joker. Nobody was expecting that. And I'm not saying that I think her performance is going to be quite on that level, but I definitely think for her and where she's at in her career, I, I think this is going to be the the jumping stone that she needs to really take off. Cool. Uh, fair enough. I, and you're right. I, it's definitely going to be a different character for for her that, you know, that or in, in a different character in general, just so. Uh, we all saw Hardcore Henry the last past weekend. Yes. Um, Yep, I would love to get. I would love to talk about this because I know we didn't get to. Uh, though you were down here for the weekend, I we didn't really get to talk about it too much after the movie. I enjoyed the hell out of this movie, and mm-hmm. for someone who really didn't, I, I I get motion sickness easily. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't do. I don't do roller coasters. Uh, playing first person shooters are very difficult for me. But uh, I ended up, though I did get a little bit. Uh, flushed during the movie i didn't get sick and i was able to sit there through the whole thing and, and and watch it and i it was just i enjoyed the hell out of it uh i've heard you know the complaints that it, it's 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 not strong on story but guess what it's an action movie it's a super cop movie you know you watch super cop movies because they're super cops they they can take out a whole building of bad guys with six bullets and a good roundhouse kick you know what i mean so, uh, I, so Chuck Norris? Yes, Chuck Norris, <laughs> the epitome of the super cop, even though Jack Chan was actually in the super cop movie. But true. you know what I mean? You know, the genre of movie yeah. that I'm talking about, that's what you, what you go to watch those movies for. And this is this is exactly what that is, and it puts you in the driver's seat, for lack of a better word. Uh, whether or not you, 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 you can be upset that the characters aren't fleshed out, uh, the story is is weak on its own. Those are all secondary to the fact that this is a brand new, innovative way, almost innovative way of, of making a movie and 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 enjoying a movie. How, how... I would say it's pretty innovative. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, strapping two GoPro cameras on your head and then running and jumping <laughs> off of bridges and buildings and crap—that's pretty innovative. I don't see too many other people doing that. In fact, I've. <laughs> I have yet to see another movie with the exception of maybe one that is supposedly coming out called pandemic that I honestly think someone saw the music video for hardcore Henry saw that they were trying to make this into a feature and was like, Oh my God, 
we've got to jump on this bandwagon and get this movie made to write off this FPFS film or what, you know, like I'm trying to even think of the acronyms for it. First person <laughs> shooter film. So FPSF, there we go. There you go. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm right there with that. Chris, I, I, you're nodding your head. So I assume that you enjoyed the movie too. I did enjoy it, but I wanted more. Like I wanted more action. I honestly would have been completely Jesus. fine if they were just like, you know what? Fuck the story. You know what? We're just gonna have this dude is comes in here, kills people. He's obviously the bad guy. Our dude gets away from him, but obviously he can't leave that dude out there killing people because he's still sending people to kill him. So he's got to kill all these people to get to that bad dude and kill him. Would have been totally cool. So Although in a movie where within the first ten minutes our our hero, our protagonist, has to uh, eject from a uh, airship laboratory, yeah. in an escape pod, yeah, and dude, then fight a bunch of people. That on was a like highway. a whole thirty seconds of him just falling to the ground. There could have been more fighting. There could have been more fighting going on during that. There could have been free fall fighting, right? That would have been amazing. Wow, okay, well, I did not expect that uh, criticism from anybody. Like, at the very end, when he just fucking, like, ejects himself with adrenaline and then (laughs) just obliterates all kinds of fucking people on top of a roof, that's what I wanted the whole goddamn movie. (laughs) Like, I didn't want there to be a moment, a a single frame in the movie where he wasn't punching somebody. (laughs) Good lord. Uh, okay, we're, That's we're what done I was talking expecting. to Chris for the rest of it Hardcore a... Henry. <laughs> and the gunplay, yeah, it was alright. How does this, Richard, how does this differ from, yes. say, uh, uh, Cloverfield? You know, Cloverfield is a found footage movie where it's all from POV perspective, but this is yeah. first person shooter perspective. Well, how is it different? Well, I mean, I think, I think you're kind of... Uh, hitting it right there i mean yes cloverfield is is a found footage so it's a pov from the camera this is a simulated pov from an actual sentient being's vision right right and so i feel like that's a a huge difference right there um you know to go back for just a second i I do want to touch on what what you said about the story right Mm -hmm. i do agree that the story is weak Sure. Um, I also do agree with you that it's an action film and that that doesn't necessarily really matter because I would pose this question to most people, right? Pretty much everybody universally loves Ong Bak, right? With Tony Jaw. I would say yes. And if they don't, then they're wrong and they need to go watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Although the protector is better. Ong Bak is awesome. <laughs> yeah. If they, if they don't like it, they're crazy. And I agree that the, you know, the protector is awesome too, but my, my point behind it is, is I'd be willing to bet that if you asked 99% of people that watched The Protector or Ongbok what the story was, they would have no fucking clue. None whatsoever. I, <laughs> I, just I, like, I, I don't I, know. I, I'm exactly, you're right. What is the what is the story of Ongbok? What is the, the plot in that? Ongbok, no idea. The Protector, boy has his elephant taken away. <laughs> Boy goes to rescue said elephant. There you go. Kicks a whole lot of ass in the process. See? <laughs> and fucking hardcore Henry right there. Same thing. They should have just done that. Damn so it. They, they, repla- they, re- they replaced elephant with a woman, his wife. So. Damn. <laughs> ah, that wasn't important. Okay. They didn't need that either. So, 
the idea of this movie in Hardcore Henry, uh, was there something else that you wanted to, you wanted to say, Richard? Sorry. Oh no, no, you're fine. I mean, it, that, that was uh, that was. I mean, that was pretty much the only point I had. Is like, you know, if you're going to complain about that, which I, I, I mean, I can understand it to an extent. Yes, this the story, you know, could perhaps have been fleshed out. But you know, it's funny because the more and more I think about this movie, the more and more I actually like it. I liked it a lot when we left the theater. Don't get me wrong, but the more and more I think about it, the more I'm just like, yeah, this was fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's the way he was saying that it didn't. I didn't think we were going to arrive at that conclusion. <laughs> it was like the more I was, I thought it was really awesome when we came out of the theater, but God damn it. The more I thought about it, like it was fucking shit. That's where I thought it was going, <laughs> but he totally just flipped out. <laughs> but the more I thought about it, it was incredibly fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 you know, and, and for me, I think, I think one of the things that's, that's impressed me the most was, visually what they were able to do with this first person perspective it was insane like there's a part uh mild spoiler alert but not really because apparently there's no story to spoil depending upon who you ask you know other people did say that but there is a a good there is a twist at the end of the movie that yeah of course i i mean obviously i saw coming Uh, yeah and i imagine you guys saw i think think everybody sees it coming but you're still it's, it's supposed to be a twist go ahead though richard no, no, but my my whole point with it though is is that there's a part where he falls off a bridge. And we see it in his first perspective, all the way down to him hitting and landing on the roof of the car, rolling off the car and landing on the concrete. That's insane, like, yeah. because it it looks very very seamless, and you know things like that happen in this movie, and you just kind of have to like take a minute and breathe and say wow, like, this is really what movies are. Like, this is the magic of cinema to where you're once again sitting here going, like, how in the hell did they actually pull that off? Because And they do it multiple times throughout the movie with not so much just the falls, but, like, there's multiple different shots and action sequences that happen in the film where you're just like, how in the hell... Did they manage to pull this off? Like it's it's oh they it kicked truly the dude is. off the bridge. Very <laughs> well, like they I... might actually have. I don't know. They're they're obviously not working in the same North American standards of safety. So hey, maybe I don't know. <laughs> oh and no. If they did, kudos to that guy for dying for my entertainment. <laughs> right? He's, look, just, I'm pretty sure he's not living if that happened. Just like an Ongbok protector and chocolate. Oh god, or not chocolate. 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 Jesus. Chocolate. Yeah. We don't so have to many worry stunt about the, people the, die the at the end of that movie. <laughs> In Eastern, you know, uh, Eastern Russia or Eastern Europe or Asia or something like that. Sure. Yeah, so, it's fucking Russia. They don't care. Yeah, they don't, they really don't care. So <laughs> that like, is a normal Tuesday for them. <laughs> as I, I told you uh, when we came out of that movie, uh, the scene when he's the uh, when Henry is chasing that other assassin dude or whatever he is up the bridge and over the bridge yeah. and stuff like that is completely impromptu was not part of the the shooting script they totally just went in and they were driving on their way to set and they were like you know what we used to run up and down this bridge when we were younger the the two the the stuntmen that were playing henry i guess you could say or being the vessel for for henry and they just said they're like we used to do all kinds of stuff off of this bridge and the director was just like really Let's do it again. Let's find. Let's just see. Let's, let's run it. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. And they get out of their van and they just totally gorilla fucking film that scene. That that makes it into the movie. As a filmmaker, Richard, what did, how do how do you feel about something like that? Oh, that's. I think that's one of those happy accidents of of pure brilliance. And you know, I think they had the benefit of of shooting it the way they did too, because 
I'm guessing if they had this head rig and they were were doing this, they probably weren't walking around with a, a, a crap load of, of lighting gear and a lot of other stuff. So they probably were in a situation to, to really just pull up and be like, all right, just run. And if the cops <laughs> show up, just jump off the bridge because they're not going to do that. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, I, I say as a, you know, as a filmmaker, I probably shouldn't say this, uh, but I would say you need to do whatever you need to do to get your story told. And if that means that you have, I mean, within reason, within reason, <laughs> within reason, okay. But, you know, jumping out of a van with a weird Iron Man mask of GoPros on your head and running down the bridge, go for it. <laughs> go for it. At most, you're going to get some strange looks from people driving being like, oh, my God, this robot escaped an experiment. <laughs> and But then again, you know, it's Russia, so I'm pretty sure no one's going to care. Exactly. <laughs> It's probably true. We've seen a lot of dash cam videos from from you know Russian cars, and there seems to be some very crazy shit that goes on <laughs> on their streets. Uh, but you never know. Cyborg I mean, maybe Tuesday somebody did kind of be like, "What is this?" But you know, I, I I totally am fine with that. I don't I don't see any problems with it. And I think that that's great that you know they shot it and and filmed the the movie in such a way that they could do that. They could I mean, do that exactly. Could... It leaves it open for them to to do stuff like that. Very you know very oh, absolutely spontaneous and on the spot. Uh, another scene that I thought was great in the movie is when that same exact chase scene there. He's uh, Henry is is following the guy down an escalator and he. He goes to grab for the guy, and oh, they knock over oh, the girl, yeah. and she she hits it hard. Now, according to IMDb trivia, now whether or not you want to believe it, and it's true, according to, to trivia on that, that girl was actually in the wrong spot. She 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 missed oh, her shit. she missed her mark and was in the wrong spot. So that was not supposed to happen. But she hits the she hits the thing, and the scene keeps going until right until they they call cut. Then she she just pops straight up and goes, "Did you guys get the shot? You know, was everything okay?" Nice. She totally was cool with it. Like she she professionally did it professionally. Yeah, because she knows she well, fucked up. <laughs> I, I I would uh, you know, she's obviously what Russian probably right right. If there's one thing that I can stereotypically say about Russians that I think they won't take offense to, it's that they're all fucking hard badasses. (laughs) If that would have been an American, that would have been like Lawsuit City. It would have been like, oh my god, shut the production down, you know, get the EMTs over here, send her to the ER. But no, the, the, the Russian lady's like, hey... Did we get it? Because that, I'm sure, looked awesome. And you could see the panic in her face. Yeah. And that was, you know, I'm glad that it that I know it's real now. Because that was a moment where I was like, I don't know how they did it, but it looked real. But it was real. It so. was real. <laughs> Why not? Now, uh, one aspect of this movie, I thought, and, and I think they totally... One thing I loved about the movie, I have to say, is that they knew what they were making. And they went with it. Yeah. They, they just totally went with it. And it's definitely... Of a video game movie without being a video game and not having a video game yes. to go with it, like every part of this movie, every Tragedy. step of this movie is a different uh, video game trope. Like literally, he uh, the Jimmy character says, "Look at your phone. This is where you need to go." And it's 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 the waypoint is pointed out for him, yep. and he needs to get there. Uh, the the one part that made me just sit up in my my seat at theater is uh, Jimmy tells uh, Henry that hey. Uh, don't let the cripple get below you. 
and when he's he's going down the you know the dummy dummy waiter uh, esc- uh, elevator and hard hardcore Henry's like doing parkour down the down these levels and he's just like okay I guess uh, you know that and that's just totally out of a a video game like an escort mission where you can't let the guy get too far ahead of you goddamn escort missions <laughs> right so I mean. Uh, just just the fact that they went with it, you know, just it blew my mind. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I it's funny, but, like, this is, I think, a, a comment that I could say about the movie that I think people that like it and like video games would agree with me. This is, quite frankly, probably the best video game I'll never be able to play. For real. Um, <laughs> you know, because, yeah, I mean, it, the the stuff that happens in it is is campy to uh, certain things are campy uh certain things are homages there's definitely video game tropes uh and and they really do hit the full-blown gamut of everything that you could ever want to cram into a movie that is a love letter to well you know i I don't know i view it as a love letter to video games but also to music and film you know like i I don't want to say that i think it's just a love letter to video games i mean certainly that was the biggest portion of the love letter yes but i i definitely think they also had some really strong nods to film and and music as well and well, you, you know you know again, me and my oh, taste sorry, for mu- i'm just saying you know me and my uh my taste for music I, I i really don't pay attention to that especially in movies so i don't uh i, I didn't i didn't really get that that feel for it but i definitely did get the feel sure. for the video game and then the the 80s and early 90s action films that you know definitely this is trying to oh, look absolutely. like so i mean and if you think about if you think about the fact that you know it's it's russia and it's the you know eastern bloc kind of kind of thing they they might have just gotten some of those 90s action films right. so not too long well, and ago. That's but that's what I was going to say, too, is like, you know, it's funny because I don't necessarily think that that was the director's intent. But I think what honestly probably happened is that you have a lot of the the FPS genre that when it first kind of came about was heavily influenced by 80s and 90s action. So I think thus by proxy it is, but I don't know that that was necessarily the direct intention of the director when they were doing this. I think it's just a a proxy byproduct of the of the fact that video games and specifically FPS and action games were really heavily influenced by the 80s at that point. So and and even the 90s. So you're, I could be wrong. On no, that. I, I, I think, think you're. Wrong. I think you're very right. I think. Well, I mean, I got like a very strong kind of impression of Max Headroom when I was watching this. Like that whole kind of like low budget kind of gritty grungy fucking like weird sci-fi but not really (laughs) feel from this when i was watching it so and again that could very well be because of like the video game type stuff that it was kind of going for but yeah i don't know no no yeah i think you're you're very right i think uh, it's it definitely fits in into the sci-fi genre and as well as the action genre, but uh, I, I think we would be amiss not to talk about Charlton Copley in this movie. Oh my god, he was amazing, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, a little bit more spoilers, but I mean, if you're listening to this into this far, you knew there was going to be spoilers. You should have uh, turned away by now. But Jimmy, his character of Jimmy, 
and how he's he portrays each individual one so differently. Yeah, and so like amazingly, you know, it was just out I, of this world for him. I fucking loved Jimmy, like <laughs> fucking amazing part of the movie. But he, we didn't really need that whole section where he's, like, explaining shit. Like, again, just cut the fucking story out. <laughs> just keep it action. I guess that's true. You, I mean, as soon as as soon as he walks in, or it, like, if he, if he just has the scene where he's talking about, these are my avatars, and then he has them singing, that's all you really need. You don't need to know that why he broke his back. I mean, you really don't work. even need that. <laughs> but I think it was a nice like, little leave it a mystery. I don't even care. <laughs> well, they left the, a, big, the, a big mystery in this movie of why Akon has telekinesis powers. That's true. That is the true. one thing I will completely disagree with Chris on is anytime he says that we should cut Charlotte Copley out of the movie, <laughs> I disagree with. Well, don't get me wrong. I love Charlton Copley. No, no, and he was amazing in this movie. I, I loved his performance. Just with the pacing of the movie, I don't feel like we really needed that little explanation part. Like the Honestly, part in his they lab, they didn't put, need. It would have been a lot smoother. Hour of of Charlotte Copley. In this, I would. I, I don't care. Absolutely, do a spinoff. <laughs> Fucking, I am down for that. Entire hour. So when do a goddamn spinoff of each that... Jimmy? I'm down. <laughs> I was gonna say, actually, if they do want to do a sequel that's all about Jimmy, I'm totally on board with this. Like it could be almost like the LG commercial with Jason Statham, but like all. Yes. Oh man, Donald that thing is Copley. so scary. I, I, I'll fuck it. I'll give you my money right now. You throw that Kickstarter right? up. I'll be the first one to donate. Like right now. Uh, when when the first Jimmy bites it in the car, yeah. it, it gets shot through the back of the head, and his head explodes right onto the onto the windshield. Uh, I would I, I laughed so hard in the theater because I thought this was a repeat of Brian Cranston's character in, in Godzilla. <laughs> Because you know him being the the main star that that people probably came to see in this movie, uh, in both times, I was just like, I can't believe they killed him off that quick. But I was still in, I was still invested in the movie. So when he shows up as the the dirty bum on the bus, yeah. and he's just like, check out that guy's fucking jacket. That jacket is so crazy. Hey, your jacket's crazy. And then it turns out to be a dude with a flamethrower, <laughs> a goddamn cleaner. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my god. And then just every version of Jimmy after that was just it it was just so much more over the top and so much more crazy. And it and, was just better every time. <laughs> and then when you oh, get to man. The, when you get to Coke the, Jimmy though. Holy crap. Right. Coked out Jimmy. Oh my god. <laughs> that was Jimmy my was favorite amazing. Jimmy. <laughs> just sitting there in the fucking uh the speedo with Coke all over his face. <laughs> With a machine gun going off and a, a giant RPG gun, and he's just like, "I'll cover you. Don't worry. Just go." Oh my god, it was so amazing! Before you actually like find out what the hell is going on with Jimmy, that he just like passes out, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Yeah, let's fucking do this!" Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was so nuts. Uh, the, I, I wanted to talk to you about... Oh, and the punk rock Jimmy. The oh, punk my rock God, Jimmy that was, was pretty awesome. awesome. 
But uh, Chris, uh, yes, there was uh, the one of the very last Jimmys to survive, yes. uh, Lieutenant Jimmy. Yeah. Did you not think? Did you get a, a, a old school Doctor Hugh vibe from him? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's just because the uniform was very much like that, but he has the mustache and he looks just like a I, I think Brigadier that, Gen or Brigadier or whatever the yeah. character name was. I, I think that's just kind of because he's like a. a European military okay. guy. I don't think that's they were going for. Yeah, like that. you don't think that Isla Shunif is, is a is a Doctor Who fan? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I think. It's, but that is a point of reference for us. It really was. I wanted to just talk to you about it in the middle of the movie. But like, is this Doctor Who is, is Doctor <laughs> Who showing up right now? But uh, I couldn't do that. It was the movie theater. <laughs> Um, I I think it's pretty safe to say that we all liked the movie and and, and would definitely recommend it to anybody that that, that walked up on us and just said, hey, did you like Hardcore Henry so I go see it? I did. (laughs) Okay, good. Um, The uh, director, I have to give him some some serious credit too because he is all over social media. You know, yeah, that's incredible, and I I personally have a story about that because the first time I saw the trailer for that movie, I I I immediately tweeted out saying, uh, "This movie looks fucking badass," but I just know that I'm gonna get sick watching it. And as soon as I I said that, I actually because I actually put Hardcore Henry in the in the tweet, he he straight up like replied to you. He He replied to me, Mitch. (laughs) He's just sitting there like, "Hey, don't uh, underestimate yourself. You're gonna be good when you're watching this movie." And I'm like. What the? Because at first I didn't recognize <laughs> Who the name. Are you? <laughs> Why is this guy tweeting at me? And that's weird. Like, oh, I make movie. Oh, I made Hardcore Henry. Okay, well, hey man, your movie looks amazing. I'm, don't get me wrong. I just know that I, I I get motion sickness and I'll have to prepare myself. And then his next tweet, he kept the conversation going. Dude. He said. Don't worry, man. We prepare you for it in the movie. We ease you into they it. They ease you into it with that thirty-second drop. <laughs> I'm so, telling you. Here is a a little fun factoid that you may not know. Uh, the director of this, Isla Nashuler, I can't even say his name. Nashuler. Yeah. Is that how you say? Yes. Sounds he like was one of the writers name. for Payday Two, and he wrote the character of Jimmy, which was actually voiced by Charlotte Copley. Badly. Yes, yep. and and yeah. in the the coke scene in the stripper when he opens when Hardcore Henry opens up that one drawer to get the guns out, you see Jimmy's mask from Payday Two. What? Yep. <laughs> oh my god! I need to watch this movie again. <laughs> so there you go. Payday Two has not only Jimmy from Hardcore Henry, but John Wick in it. Bad. <laughs> That's true. Oh man, that that would make. The coolest fucking movie, dude. Right? <laughs> Jimmy and Wick. <laughs> or John and Jimmy. Ooh. Whichever. Fucking that green light. Would be awesome. That's incredible. Uh, just saying, if they need something for John Wick 3, just think about it. Roll it around. See? You know? Fucking hardcore Henry. I wasn't so sold on the gunplay, but John Wick, they know how to fucking do gunplay. <laughs> they, they really do. So. Boom. <laughs> fucking greenlight this shit right now. <laughs> Greatest movie ever made. 
Well, talking about video games, I think that's a good segue into our next subject. Oh no! And the three Is of us—it's an intervention. It's, it's Damn it. not so much an intervention oh, yet. Thank goodness. Once uh, this movie comes out, I think the two of you will need an intervention. Oh no! So uh, what we're talking about here is—is is it Warcraft? Because I don't think either of us really care. No, we're it's just going to watch it's it. Not <laughs> Warcraft. Which you know, I, also I don't care so much about Warcraft, but being the director of Moon, I'm definitely going to watch this movie. Oh, I'm. Oh, fucking absolutely. sold on watching this movie. I don't give a fuck about Warcraft, but that looks like a fun movie to watch. I'm down. No, what I'm talking about here is Ready Player One. I know, oh, I know that the, the both of you have, have read the book. I have listened to the audiobook because reading's not so so great, easy thing. for me. But uh, it's the unabridged version, so I assumed it's all the same. Uh, yes. Well, now I'm now I'm gonna have to buy the audiobook. And go line for line and make sure that there are no differences in the text. Just sit there right? and follow as Will Wheaton reads it to you, and you can read, you can watch the, as the lines go by. So there you go. That's right. <laughs> and then it would almost seem like I'm in a friendship with Will Wheaton because he would be reading me He's, a bedtime story. Oh, yes, he is reading awesome. me a bedtime story. I think uh, oh. yeah. Will Wheaton would like that. You were talking to me about Ready Player One, and you mentioned that you wanted like. You were picturing Will Wheaton in the story at one point. Yes. Like, I think I know why. Because if I remember correctly, Will Wheaton was the author of the book that they were reading. In the class? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's that could definitely be it. Or he like wrote like a passage for it or some type of thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they mentioned him there. I haven't actually verified that. <laughs> But that's, that's the way I remember it. But no, that's I mean that's totally what I uh, that's one of the things I want to talk about is the casting of the movie that's going to be coming out with uh, that Spielberg is heading. Uh, in in the idea for that is that when I was having this book read to me, I guess you want to say right. all the characters were uh, reading ex- by association. Were yes, reading, reading by, by proxy. Yes, there you go. <laughs> reading by proxy uh, were ex John Hughes teen stars. So like. Uh, but except for Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton to me, when he was describing the teacher that was in his in in, uh, in Wade's class, the teacher Wade's teacher, I pic- I pictured that as Will Wheaton. But like Sorrento was, uh, uh, what's his name? I, ha- I just had it. Judd Hirsch for me, you know Bender mm. from from Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Uh, Og was was uh, John Cusack and. Anthony Michael Hall was uh, was Halliday, so in my head, those are the, these are the people that were playing That's these very roles. Interesting cast. <laughs> uh, what were you thinking when you when you when you were reading it, Richard? Oh my God! Um, what wasn't I thinking when I was reading this? <laughs> um, man. Okay, so first off, spoilers for for anybody who hasn't read the book or whatever here. Like, I was really into this, like, from the moment that I started reading it. But where I lost my shit was probably when he discovers the Lich King, like, playing the the 1980s game. And, like, my mind just exploded in that moment because I'm like, (laughs) the pure visuals alone for this are so awesome for a movie. Like, they have to make this into a movie. Then I found out, like, because I instantly just stopped what I was doing as if I had some capabilities of buying the rights to this to make it myself, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't, Um, nor even if I did, would I be able to outbid the fact that Spielberg got these. But as soon as I saw that Spielberg was doing this, I was like, this is amazing. 
Like, this is going to be so incredible. But, like, yeah, there's so many, like, iconic things about, like, pop culture and 80s pop culture, video game pop culture that, you know, even anime. There's, like, so many references to, like, anime and stuff like that that, you know. So many. (laughs) It's, like, a good two quarters of the movie or the book. It's true. (laughs) It's, like, the whole third act, basically. (laughs) But, like, when you start thinking about those things, you know, you you do kind of instantly transport yourself to a reality situation because you're like, okay, they're doing this as a film now, but how are they going to license all of the different things that are referenced in this? Because it's one thing just to put, you know, in writing something's name. Right. But when you're talking about visually showing, you know, their logo or, you know, stuff that's their intellectual property, like that's a really big gray area. And that is the entirety of this of this that's, book. That's so, exactly what I was thinking when I was when I was yeah. reading this, too. I was just like, you know, I couldn't I was like, how are they going to get scenes from war games, scenes from Holy Grail, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the the visuals for Zorg, you know, the. The Joust yeah. video game, you know, all these the Ataris and Apple Twos and all, you know, all these the, the different things that they reference in this move, this book, is gonna have to show up in the movie somehow, and it's gonna mm-hmm. be quite the task. Absolutely. Absolutely, I think they'll probably pare it down quite a bit, though. You think so? I think they'll like stick to stuff that actually matters to the plot. Okay, fair enough. I mean, like, I think... And then maybe just have things that, like, allude to the other stuff. Like, things that you would see and be like, oh, I know what you're going for. Like, Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I... I uh, and obviously, spoilers for this, you know, because this, 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 the book, we need to talk about the book in its entirety. And the movie is going to be something different, if it is different or not. But, like, there's a scene uh, where he... Our our character Percival or Parcival uh, shows up in a the in the arcade world, and he goes mm-hmm. to uh, he he ends up playing that the Pac Man game yeah. all the way to its end to the point where you you're, you're supposed to lose lives so you can get the extra missing dots that don't only show up once you die and stuff like that, which he then gets his extra life and it's just like I I, I can see that you, if they can't get the rights to Pac Man. You can get the rights to something else that has a kill screen, right? You know, or something like that. So yeah, Donkey Kong has a kill screen. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's definitely easy to to put in different uh, uh, counterparts to to whatever it is that they want. Uh, especially and then also with the movies, like I can I can see instead of war games, you get something else that's like a, a an Amblin, which is Spielberg's you know movie coming. Maybe instead of war games, it's E. T. You know, or something like that. So it's much easier for him to get the rights to. Well, and I think, and I could be totally wrong in this, but I think that Spielberg has a good enough, you know... Reputation? Reputation, I guess, or (laughs) rapport in the film industry that I'm pretty sure the film stuff's not going to be too much of an issue. I think a lot of it's going to be more... And and even then, like, I, you know, I'm kind of like, well... I mean, would someone really have a problem giving him the rights to to show Pac-Man in a movie? I mean, like, let's be honest, Pac-Man hasn't exactly been at the forefront of gaming for a while now. So yeah, but it was I, just I using there is a lot of things. It was just using pixels. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's true. But again, pixels, I'm, I'm saying like Ralph. from them monetizing it in terms of like making their own games, like 
there's you know if anything you're getting a lot of of advertisement out of this you know what i mean like it's not going to hurt you to have the visual representation of pac-man in this and and that's what i mean like there hasn't been an actual selling pac-man game that i know of in quite a while so i i think it's kind of the same situation with a lot of that stuff but then again i mean you never know like there is a possibility that whoever owns that you know copyright or ip or whatever you want to call it is like no we don't want it in there but I don't know. I think generally for the most part, I think you're going to want it in there because this is going to be, I mean, first off, this is Steven Spielberg directing it. It's got music by John Williams. I mean, like there, you know, the cast is already coming together very well. You know, the fact that Spielberg alone has his name on this means that it's going to be a very big movie. So I don't know why you wouldn't want them to use their property because they're singing the praises of your property. There's nothing in there that's ever displayed as, a negative thing about any of those. Oh no! You know, yeah, so. you're, you're exactly right. But it's it, you know you know just 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 as well as, as the rest of us in Hollywood, it all comes down to the dollar, whether or not oh, who's sure. going to want to pay what for what property, what IP, and uh, sure, and 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 you're right. It's it's only going to be advertising for whatever company or whatever product it is that it's in there. Just like uh, Etch a Sketch, Etch a Sketch was was on bankruptcy. They were gonna. They were. They were not making etch a sketches anymore. And Toy Story said, "Hey, we'd like to use you use this product in the movie." Boom! They out of bankruptcy. Twelve billion fucking units went out the door because it was in Toy Story for a whole seven seconds. Sure. You know. So I I, I get what you're saying, uh, but it's it's whether or not they're. It's a lot of of properties that they're gonna have to get together. Um, oh, absolutely. I the, so. Bringing up Spielberg, as a as a director, as a director who who can sit there and say Spielberg is not a great director? You just can't do it. He's obviously made great films, but this I think this is kind of a different film than what you normally see for him, right? It's this sci-fi genre, you know, action adventure. I think the closest thing would be Indiana Jones. The the whole like uh, adventure. What? Wait, what do you like going on an adventure thing is definitely in his wheelhouse, but I, I think more of like the huge over the top effects that we would expect for this movie is more outside of his wheelhouse. Yeah, like the story itself is definitely well within his wheel. I'm, you're what, talking. You're what talking fucking about the, movies are you watching, Richard? I'm talking. Yeah, um, I'm, Saving e. Private Ryan. No, he did ET AI. Right. AI's got a crap load of visual effects in it. Um, yeah, but AI wasn't Benson, his which was movie awesome. to begin with. Yeah, it's barely his movie. That that's more uh, Stanley Kubrick than anything else. No, he took over and and did all the stuff after that. Like I think when Kubrick was on it, it was still kind of in development and pre-production. I don't think they had actually shot anything. I think they they yeah. had. Minority Report's got a ton of visual effects in well, it. I'll give you that. Minority Report does. But I mean, he's done a ton of of science fiction movies. It's just like Terra Nova. I mean, like he's done a lot of of stuff. He was the executive producer on Men in Black Three. I mean, like, and that's exactly where I'm involved. going. I think he would uh, this type of movie would be more of a executive producer or a producer credit for him than mm-hmm. than anything else. What about Jurassic Park? Jurassic Park's got tons of visual effects. Like he's known for that, using and a lot of those magic. are practical, practical effects. effects. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to be yes, able to do are, a, but... a a spaceship in the middle in the middle of a, a space with uh, you know back to the, back to the future DeLorean and uh, 
and uh, Ghostbusters logo on it in the middle of it with the uh, practical effects. Why not? They did it in Star Wars in '77. <laughs> yeah, and and then they went back and redid it digitally. Well, yeah, but it, that's not to say it can't be done. I'm just saying, like when I think of Spielberg, like that, I I go really heavily to science fiction. Like that's to me, that's what Spielberg is. Like, yes, he's done a lot of other stuff, like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, but, the things that he's won I mean, Oscars for. Yeah, but that's because that's what wins Oscars. Like, when was the last time you ever saw a science fiction movie win an Oscar for Best Picture? Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, obviously he does. He, he likes doing the the Oscar winners and the the big uh, dramatic movies too, with Bridge of Spies, uh, Saving Private Ryan, Lincoln. You know, these those are the type of movies that I, I see. I picture when I I think of Spielberg now. Well, I I don't know. I mean, I always have thought of him as as more of a science fiction, but I do understand there's there's that side of him too. But I mean, for me, it's very fifty fifty. Hmm. And he's been involved in so many things. Like, I mean, he's the executive producer on Transformers and stuff. So I mean, like, yeah, like I I think he's very much involved. And Super Eight, like he was uh, one of the producers on that too. So I mean, like, he's been involved a great deal with with science fiction. No, I I agree, but even those movies that you mentioned that are very uh, effects-heavy, to me, seem almost tame by comparison of what I'm picturing in my head of what this movie should be. I think I, I'm because kind of the, right there, too. The whole thing is in, literally inside a video game, like... If there was any movie that you were just going to CGI the shit out of, it would be this one. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying from that standpoint. I'm just saying, like, he, ha- like, I mean, you look at stuff like Minority Report and especially artificial intelligence. Like, there is a lot of the elements that I would suspect to see visually in those two films because they're very much a... a artificially created world full of artificial life and that's basically what the oasis is fair enough okay so when when speaking of the oasis uh and i know there's probably not a lot of the general movie going audience that watched this movie but i know the three of us did i kept picturing gamer with uh uh gerard butler Oh man, I was thinking about that movie during Hardcore Henry like the really? whole time. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, did, did did you get that? Did you get that same image while you were reading the book? Uh, did I get the same image of, of Gamer? Yeah, like the world that that Gamer exists in. Because I know that that's not necessarily virtual reality. It's they're using real people as avatars. But uh, that's how I fi- I picture this the interactions with these characters are going to be like in, in the Oasis world. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, but yeah, I, I, I can, I totally know what you're saying. Like, and I don't think you're wrong for, for envisioning that it, it makes perfect sense because that very is heavily influenced by things like second life. Um, and you know, other things like that, which this obviously is too. But yeah, for some reason I didn't get that vibe when I was reading this. Um, and I think it's just because when you look at Gamer for me, it isn't really that like '80s vibe that I get. It's more of like a, a modern um, EDM type scene, I oh. guess. Like you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like so, I, I don't know. I didn't visualize that as much as I did more of like 
I don't know. It's it's weird. Like I I really didn't walk away from it with that. I think I walked away from it more with like a um, just like a video game interpretation of like if Second Life had been based in kind of like the eighties, but then like also an infinite amount of of eighties cartoon. Like I almost see it more of of like the eighties style cartoon animation, like cell shaded type thing. I guess when I was reading it, but. But yeah, I could see either one of those working, and and you know I, I think either one of those things would work very well because it it is. I mean, they're both representations of gaming, so they're just very different time periods. Right. But that would make sense because it would be a more modern retro revival of, you know, that type of world. So yeah, I mean, I could totally see that. Okay, so talking about the whole '80s part of this of the story, in which obviously it is heavily uh influenced in this in the story itself uh i i want to get to that i think it's interesting that the way that the the author uh ernest klein tells Mm. the story um he this this character this 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 uh character of halliday um obviously was born in in the 70s i think it says 72 in the book he had his teenager years in the 80s and uh, thus, that's the the era that that really influences him and 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 who he is. Uh, and then being who he how he is, which you probably could say that he's on. I I don't know if they mentioned in the book or not. I, I kind of forget that he's probably on the spectrum somewhere. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So he creates this this game of Oasis, and then it becomes such a big part of everybody's life that to the point where everybody is. Uh, you know, almost turning their back on the real world and only existing in 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 the oasis. It becomes basically the internet. <laughs> yes, it's it's what the internet <laughs> yeah is, um, and then because it's it's how it how it is, and that everybody exists or exists their lives exist on the oasis. It becomes the number one monetary thing. I mean, I I, I don't know how else to put it, but he obviously makes a shit ton of money from it. That and his other stuff that he's made um, becomes and, basically the world economy. So once he he passes away, and there's this whole story, and this is how I, I see the timeline. And I know it probably it's probably explained better in the book, but when I was reading it, um, this is how I saw it. Once he passes away, he explains that he left his fortune to whoever can figure out the clues that he's left behind, and thus uh, all Aramac. Air, Anorax Almanac. What is Armorax? Anorak? Anorax Almanac yes. is 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 basically the Bi- the new Bible. Right. Like it, it becomes mm-hmm. if you study this enough, you can find the clues and and thus because of it, the, the Almanac itself is literally just list of things that he loves. Yep. Like every so that becomes the new pop culture, which is just retro of the eighties and what pop culture yeah. was then. So now you have everybody reverting back to to being the 80s and saying things that are that were 80s like totally rad and you know where's the beef and you know uh you know loving tv shows from the 80s which is i mean there's you have that now i i mean people will, will sit there sure. and be like i love uh the goonies the goonies is a great movie or war games is an amazing movie but war games is an amazing war games movie. is an amazing movie i i know <laughs> but you don't hear people talking about joust you don't hear people talking about Zorg. <laughs> I think you're in the wrong, the wrong group. Then <laughs> I think I'm in the right group. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, 
it, it becomes because everybody's so involved in Oasis and the 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 promise of money is 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 very you know big for a lot of people. They've they, this this whole thing has become yet the the whole thing reads like like Christian or Muslim or you know basically religion to me. Like this, he is the new savior. He's the new Messiah. He's given you this book. You live by it. You can become. You can become as great as him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's essentially what happens, you know. And when he does discover the Easter egg, like he's endowed with a crap load of power. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man, what if we've been thinking about this movie completely wrong? What if? Because we're all, I'm sure, expecting more or less a straight-up live-action adaptation of this. Right. What if instead they go kind of like Page Master, where it's got like, <laughs> all right, the real-world stuff is the live-action. That's why we have these cast members. <laughs> and then all the Oasis shit, which is basically the whole fucking movie, is like animated-type stuff. <laughs> if they did that... Uh, I could, I could see, and I could totally see Spielberg I, doing that. I could see that happening, yes. Because I'm I, pretty sure he did do the Page Master. <laughs> I know, he, I'm, I'm almost positive he's involved somehow. Uh, I, I just don't think that would be good. I think that, that this movie calls for something else. Maybe <laughs> I could see that in his in in Wade's first version of the of the VR set that he has. You know, like. He with his his the crappy one that the school gives him, you know, like everything kind of being animated. But then as he becomes richer and more experienced, and he gets better equipment, it it all starts to become HD and life looking and oh, all kinds shit. of shit. That would be crazy. <laughs> God damn, you brilliant bastard! I didn't even think of that. Uh, so that's Holy what I would hell. like to see. One thing I would love to see in the movie is Gate One and Gate Two. Obviously, have a very epic. Uh, adventure in it, mm-hmm. or not gate the gates. I'm sorry the 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 parts that you get before you get the keys. So when you oh, yeah. when you go when you go to get the copper key, you have to go through all this whole dungeon that has traps and yeah. everything until you eventually get to the Lich King and you have to play Joust. They skip over all that and it just gets straight to the throne room when uh, oh. in the book. Kind of yeah. I mean, you don't you don't they don't describe any pitfalls or or you know darts shooting down the walls. I mean, they kind of do. <laughs> like he he's literally following like the the dungeon module. Yeah. So he knows where all that stuff I, I, is, and he's like disarming it and fair enough, avoiding it as he goes. But I think I think it'd be better if. I mean, obviously, it's going to be visual because it's a movie. Right. So you get. I think you. you we're, I, I'm, that's what I'm saying is I hope we get to see those things. And then in the the second one, when they go to get, he goes to get the key on the Zork world. Right. You know, he, he actually has to go and get all those trophies and whatever that that yeah. that means to do because they just basically skip over that in that in that part because the important part is to get the key right. and then get the whistle. I understand that. Yeah. So, I I I, I want there to be more of a. Uh, archaeology. I want more Indiana Jones, <laughs> basically. But even in Indiana Which, Jones, they kind of skip over everything and just get to him grabbing the treasure. No, if you 
right there in the very beginning of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. They, he goes through all those traps and then right. eventually gets to the, the thing. The, like, three traps the, that we see. Okay. But then he has to go his make his way back and not get crushed by the boulder. Which is, okay, so we're up to four traps now. <laughs> so then you also have Crusa- uh, la- <laughs> the Last Crusade, where he has, he has to destroy the the library the x in the library to get to the whatever it is that and th- that's all what i'm talking about right i that's basically what happened in the books no too. It, it doesn't it, it skips over the part that i find exciting i think you just kind of tuned out <laughs> well that could have happened too <laughs> you're just like ah, oh, will wheaton you have such a soothing voice <laughs> No, you know what it is? Is Such that I, a lush beard. I, I, I get tired of just hearing the list of, of things that, that fucking Halliday liked from the 80s. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Hey, he really liked Captain Crunch cereal, and he really liked Lucky Charms, and just keeps naming things off. And it's like, I get it. Those all existed. <laughs> uh, Understandable. You brought it up earlier, Richard, the casting. So I, I assume yeah. you you in you like the idea of Ty Sheridan playing Wade Parsival. Who? <laughs> Ty Sheridan. Okay. So I, I, I assume you haven't seen Mud? No. Okay. Did you see uh, Boy Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse? No. Did you see... It's I, just Scout's Guide. Oh, is it just Scout's Guide? Yeah, they don't want to say yeah. Boy Scouts, I imagine. Did you see... Uh, have you seen the trailer for uh, X-Men Apocalypse? Yes. Okay, the kid who plays uh, Cyclops is 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 going to be playing Wade. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> He's also in He's those other movies that I was describing. He's in the Tree of Life. He's in Joe. Um... Yeah, he's been in some stuff. Yeah, I, I personally, you know, I, I, I'm, I think that's a great choice. Honestly, I, I now when I, I think w- everyone they've cast so far, I personally feel is a really good choice. Um, when I was reading I Olivia- the book, I, I had already heard about the whole uh, Ty Sheridan casting. And that's the only casting I had heard, so I, I definitely was picturing him. But that's because I already known about it. You were, I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were talking about Olivia. No, 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 yeah, so Olivia Cook is who they cast to play Artemis. And, and I have no uh, idea who that is. Um, okay, did you ever watch, um, I think she was in The Signal? I did not watch The she Signal. Had, she did some stuff on uh, the Bates Motel, I think she was in a couple episodes of that. Me, uh, was it me that. and Earl and the Dying Girl? I definitely did not watch that. I think no, you guys are um, just making up things at this point. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem, I think, with, with younger actors. We don't, like, you know, the ones that are around teenage age and they make they do all these things. Uh, these TV shows I don't really want to, I don't really watch. And I know you don't really watch, so you don't really watch these movies either. Like, me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. So uh, I True. understand that you didn't see it, but uh, or you don't know who they are. Um, do, you, you, do you think she fits the role of Artemis? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I really think that I think that's kind of the best way to do this for, for this is you're you're really focused on these these characters that are, are very kind of unknown in, the, in their world. Right. I mean, obviously, Artemis has a bit of a, a following starting out. But, you know, I think that's a really good way to do a novelization into film is is to try and pick someone who isn't as known because i think when you do that it, it, it's the same problem that i was kind of saying with like batman versus superman you have your own interpretations of those characters that you love 
And that's one of the major problems with converting a novel into a film is you already have a preconceived expectation of who you visualized in that role based strictly off of vague descriptions that an author has given you uh, of what they physically look like. And no matter how detailed an author got, you know, describing, you know, the physicalities of a person, it's you're never going to imagine it 100 percent the way that it's written. It's it's that's the problem with everything that's that's art is it's it's very open to interpretation. And so, you know, for me, I think going kind of the more up and comer, newer, lesser known actors, I you know, especially for the, the, the character, like the main characters and stuff, obviously for uh, Ogden Morrow and James Donovan Holiday, they got some pretty well-known people. But I think for the main cast of, of these younger kids that are the story's really about, I think it is smart to kind of go with a, a, an unknown, not a household name actor. I think that's a smart choice. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, 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 it is the, the smart choice. Just like uh, Ender's Game when they went with... Uh... The, the young actor who ended up playing Ender, I forget who he is, but he was in Hugo's, but probably the only other thing I'd seen him in. Ah, oh, man, that was a good movie. So, yeah, and, he, and he's, he, I thought he did a great job as Ender. It's just maybe the movie wasn't as, as good as everybody thought it was going to be, but I enjoyed it. Um, it's probably because we didn't read the book. That's uh, that's probably true, too. You know, I, I, I didn't have anything to base it off of. But uh, you're right. Uh, with with young actors, it's, it's, it's best to get, you know, probably someone that's, a little more unknown and, and the characters that are going to be built up like that. Uh, now you were saying with uh, Ogden Morrow, which I think is the next one that they announced in the, uh, of who, who was going to be playing the role. You got Simon Pegg, definitely yes, someone, strange. someone very uh, uh, known to the genre genre world. Oh yeah. He's, he's definitely King, you know, or one of the Kings, uh, <laughs> you know, in the geek cultural world right now, for sure. What you were saying, strange? Like you yeah, don't... like I I didn't picture Simon Pegg or anyone that even remotely seemed like Simon Pegg. Like <laughs> when I was reading it and they were talking about Og, like I straight up just pictured like what we've kind of assigned um, uh, Steve Wozniak. Oh, like in true, pop yeah. culture, yeah. Like nowadays, we think of Steve Wozniak as like this dude that just has a ton of money and just doesn't give any fucks about anything. <laughs> He's like, I'm rich. I don't have to care about anything. My life is awesome. I just have fun. That's what I picture. That's with definitely Og. what Og does. That, yeah, that, exactly. That, that, mm-hmm. At this point of his life in the story, where he's. He's throwing this huge bash in the middle of the oasis with when it's his birthday and people show up that want to kill uh, uh, Parsifal and Artemis and all of a sudden he's like, "Who the fuck do you think you're dealing with here?" And he just blinks them out of fucking existence. <laughs> you know that's fucking. He's like crashing my party. <laughs> oh hell no! Zap zap. <laughs> Uh, the great and powerful Og. Yeah, that's right. It, it was. It was. I, I, and I think. The funny thing is, is that in the book they mention uh, at one point when Parsifal and Artemis are definitely uh, more hanging out with each other and the, their relationship is really building, mm. uh, they mention the fact that the two of them sit down and watch Spaced. And I think that's the part oh, that yeah. really gets Simon Pegg to be on the, in the in the movie. because they, and it, To me, it really seemed out of place. Because everything in this thing is talking about the 80s and how 
Uh, he loved the 80s and everything. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's pre-80s, like all the Jap- Japanimation and, and a lot of uh, other uh, computer games and stuff like that. But Spaced is like, all is late 90s, almost 2000s when that came out. So it's just it really seemed out of place. But now you got Simon Pegg in the movie and like, oh, well, good on you. Fair enough. <laughs> Have I you ever watched think Spaced, about that. Richard? Uh, you know, I, I think I've seen some of it, um, but a long time ago. Yeah, it was on it was on Netflix for the longest time. I don't think it's on there anymore. Uh, very it's like I, something to do with roommates, right? Right. It, it's it, it's. I think it's a very uh, misnomer. It's not a misnomer because it's definitely doing what it's 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 doing what it's it's the title says. It's all about uh, this this guy and girl that end up renting a uh, apartment together. But they don't really know each other. But the, the they missed the part in the in the ad that says that they needed to be a couple. So now they have to pretend to be a couple in this apartment, and then they they become they start meeting all their weird neighbors in this apartment building. And it's all about the space that they all exist in, you know. But it, it all the but Simon Pegg's character is uh, very much uh, a comic book genre nerd. You know he. He draws a comic book and he uh, he works at a comic book store, I believe. So you know, all of it is just uh, is just a bunch of references to older stuff, just like this, how this book is. So I get why it's in the, in the book. It's just I, it, to me, it felt really out of place because of the fact that it wasn't uh, it wasn't in the eighties. No, that that makes perfect sense. I think <laughs> I did, that's a good observation. I also did like the 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 reference to. The Indiana Jones movies that it, it, it makes. It says, uh, uh, "We watched the Indiana Jones movies." The oh, yeah. Anorex Almanac says, "Only to watch the first three because the uh, all the ones after that." And it says, "All the ones after that yeah. are no good." And I was no. just like, "Wow!" <laughs> Not only are they just shitting on the Kingdom Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls, but they're saying any <laughs> Indiana Jones movie that comes out after that is also going to be bad. <laughs> Uh, so the next uh, casting news that that came out, and that I think this is the most recent one, is that they ha- they ha- cast Mark Rylance, recently of um, Bridge of Spies, as a uh, Halliday. Also, really weird. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I think most pe- I know most people were hoping for Gene Wilder to come out of uh, retirement to 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 play Halliday. That would have been kind of weird too. Yeah, you, you don't get so. a very. I mean, I get a very uh, Willy Wonka vibe from Halliday and this whole uh, sc- scavenger hunt that he's got going on here. Yeah, no, I I do too. Like I understand it, but I don't know. Like for some reason, when I was reading the story, like I thought of somebody that you know can play like. I don't know. I guess the the problem that I have with Mark Rylance is I can totally see him being the like loner type holiday that, you know, he was in his real life and at the end of his life. And at the end of his life. But I can't really envision him being anorak. You know, like the oh. the excited just loves all of this shit so much that he just wants to fucking share everything with everyone and like if you don't get to his level of excitement then 
you're kind of like, oh, you're just like background noise doing <laughs> kind of thing. You're just a tourist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Richard, how do you feel about Mark Rylance? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, again, he's a phenomenal actor. I mean, we, you know, we just saw what he did in Bridge of Spies and, and, you know, I'm totally cool with him. It's funny because I think Chris and I were talking about this before he was announced for the role. And, you know, I kind of felt that I thought David Tennant would be an awesome holiday. Like I thought yeah. he would play very well against, um, Simon, uh, Simon Pegg, Pegg and, I, and they both have that very like iconic geek culture type thing going on. So you know, and you know, he's coming off of Jessica Jones, so you know, he's got a lot of momentum behind his name. But I can understand why Spielberg went with Rylance. I mean, they just got done working on a project together with Bridge of Spies, so and, I, mean, I think that's and Big Friendly Giant. Sense. Oh, yeah, oh, true, very true. Yeah. yeah, so uh, I forgot about that. I, so. and, and you're right, I mean, well, I, I think the, the biggest weird thing about the, the casting to me is that uh, how much older Mark Rylance is than yeah. Simon Pegg. I mean. Obviously, they're going to do something to make Simon Pegg look older. Are the scenes when they depict a young Ryl- or a young Holiday? Are they going to make things make it so that Rylan looks younger? I don't. I don't know. Maybe because um, there's this whole maybe there's, there's this whole scene that they describe about him doing breakdancing moves at a at a, a, a high school dance in the beginning of the book where. Uh, it's it's part of the whole video that when when he died of like he's like, this was me or this was never me because I never danced or I never went to a school dance or anything like that and I, I mean do you see Mark Rylance b- busting a move? <laughs> um, busting yeah, I could. I think he's got some sweet you know street dancing moves that we haven't seen yet. Um, I really <laughs> think. I think he's going to come out and surprise uh, everybody with that, to be honest. It's funny, because the only thing I could think of is like, someone walking up to him and says, uh, are you, you, you going to dance? And he's going to be like, would it help? <laughs> <laughs> the no, no laugh from you, Richard? <laughs> he left, apparently. I, I, think, I, I think it's like cutting in and out. Oh, maybe. Okay. He really didn't appreciate it. He didn't like joke. that joke He was all. like, nah, I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> Uh, that's that's one too yeah. far, Mitch. <laughs> uh, it's definitely cutting out. Okay, well <laughs> then let's go ahead and wrap it up. You know, I, I, it's funny that how I, I planned on this only being an hour, but you know, get the three of us together, and we cannot not talk for two hours straight. On, Has on it been it. longer than an hour? It is. We are coming up on two hours right now. Boom! <laughs> wow. So uh, that is. Uh, incredible and I love I mean I love talking to the two of you so and, and I, I wish we could get together more often so I'm, I'm glad that we were able Aww. to do this no oh, don't give me your oh, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I don't want your I don't want your charity it wasn't charity it was heartfelt <laughs> feelings Richard uh, you know yes. now that uh, <laughs> we're here at the end uh, nervous <laughs> nervous don't be <laughs> but you should be <laughs> make up your mind I like to give everyone a strong sizing up <laughs> I bet you thought this was a picture of my family on my desk it's not it's the A team <laughs> oh my god I saw that A team van today like an authentic legitimate A team van that's awesome Did, today. well you found them now you can get them to help you yes I know <laughs> Man, all I've seen is the fucking mystery machine. <laughs> I've seen you've seen Ecto One though, right? Oh, that, yeah, that, I have that, seen Ecto One as well. Once a while. 
That's true. <laughs> uh, I just basically wanted to say what uh, you know. What are some of the things that the that these listeners can hear you on, other than "Hey Mitch" right now? Oh, oh yeah. So uh, I do "Hey Mitch" obviously from time to time. Uh, Chris and I also from time to time do a video game podcast. Called do you? At- yeah. I'm not sure about that. (laughs) April is a bad month. (laughs) We have both been very busy. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, I was on a couple of shoots this month, and uh, yeah, your life stops when you go into production. Um, Speaking of that, is there anything that we can look forward to on that front? Like, so we can um, see? Yeah, so it's a... Yeah, it's it's. I don't know when it's coming out yet, but it's a it's a short film. It's, a, it's called Plasma Tech. Um, I don't really know if I can say anything more than that right now, but so I'll I'll leave it there so I don't get myself in into trouble. But um, it's it's going to be pretty awesome. I was I was had a lot of fun working on it, and uh, we laughed quite a bit during the the filming process, which is always a good thing. So so yeah, I would I would I can uh, probably come back on and. Uh, talk about that once it's out um but yeah so uh, as i was saying chris and i sometimes do a, a video <laughs> game podcast called uh, players versus pixels which is right here on the geek elite radio network uh when we have time to do it um apologize to anyone listening to this that also listens to that show that is like hey where's where where is everybody <laughs> well we're still here uh we just yeah have been extremely busy with stuff and we're gonna get back to that eventually so don't worry there, there will be more video game stuff coming out and we do uh, actually also... have an episode like ready to go it just needs to be edited and put out <laughs> which so we haven't had time to do what he means by almost ready to go means it's got a lot of work and then it'll be out. Um, <laughs> right? Exactly. It takes like fucking means... five hours to edit what our podcast down to around an hour. <laughs> around an hour. Our, our voices were captured by microphone and that's where it stopped. That's, <laughs> that's as far as it got. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I do. we do that, and then uh, I also do a couple of other entertainment-based shows. I do uh, We Are Entertained, which is uh, on Twitter, at EntertainCast. You can find us on Facebook at We Are Entertained, or you can just go to WeAreEntertained.com and find all of our social media stuff on there. And so we do that, and it's uh, mostly just uh, my buddy Matt and I, and we talk about films. We don't really review them. We just kind of talk about them. And then we actually just started up a, a, a newer show not too long ago, uh, which is the... Uh, we are entertained news hours so we do an hour of like cool entertainment news stuff everything from you know video games comic books film stuff trailers um just anything that's kind of in that realm and it's again it's under the we are entertained.com you can find it and then if you want to follow me personally on twitter and uh i've been a little bit more active on there as of lately i know it's, i know uh, that you at- always get some of your uh ps4 shares on there so that's pretty cool yeah i post a lot of uh of screenshots and then uh, i post a lot of videos and stuff up to youtube which is going to be under the same name but or you can actually find it on my twitter too as well it's just at rycohen so it's r-i-c-o-w-n and uh it, it's funny because every time i come on here i feel like the list of stuff i have to plug just keeps getting longer and longer and longer so i think that's a good i was to say you to know have. why it feels that way because it does yeah, yeah but you know i understand why you're busy all the time you're too involved so. in fucking everything 
Yeah, it's like I said, it's a good problem to have for sure. Like I'm definitely enjoying uh, all the the stuff that uh, I'm working on. So good, good. And uh, Chris, well, I don't do anything. Okay, well he's almost got no presence on on the internet other than uh, being the ghost that he is. But if you want to, you know, hear him, he, he is on P- Players vs Pixels. He's also on. VHS gems with myself on oh, Fridays. I do do yeah, strange. But, uh, his uh, Twitter <laughs> handle is d- at www.yzerdwizard, uh, and you can also find him on Facebook under the same name. So if you, you want to get a hold of him, he won't answer, but he will. Those are places eventually. Those are places like a month later <laughs> when I see it, I'll probably answer. Uh, but make sure to to listen to VHS Gems, uh, where him, myself, and Angela talk about '80s movies. So, but these are more '80s movies that maybe not most 80s, people hadn't. 90s, heard, yeah. '80s, '90s, yeah, the movies that people that hadn't really heard of, uh, or or uh, might remember vaguely. <laughs> yeah. Um, myself, you can find me uh, at on Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat, <laughs> and you can always find Geek Elite at at Geek Elite Radio. Uh, you can find uh, definitely come talk to us on Facebook at at or at Geek Elite Radio uh, Facebook page, and uh, go to our website geekeliteradio dot com for uh, archived pod- podcasts and other. Contest and news stuff information and that things. we do. <laughs> definitely, definitely stuff and things. Uh, also, I'd like to mention that uh, we will all be involved, and you can come meet us at the Yuma County Library Comic Book Convention on Free Comic Book Day this year, May 7th, if you oh, are in the Yuma County. So we will be there having our own little panel and having uh, a vendor booth up. So... Definitely come say stuff hi. Stuff and things. More stuff and things. <laughs> <laughs> so, this has been Hey Mitch on the Geek Elite Radio Networks. Saying, That's what this has been this whole time? This whole time. God. I know you came up a little late. So I did. You might, you might not have known. I didn't. Uh, but saying to always remember to geek out. Woo! Yeah. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.